Well, I guess that's my cue to get going here. And Recording the, in progress. I'm sure these guys can get Nolan in, and I'll make him moderator or co-moderator in just a moment. And welcome to Book Talk, where we'll just, Jenny and Nolan will take over in just one second. So go ahead, guys. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Book Talk. Gosh, I couldn't begin to tell you what episode number this is. I've lost track, but it's great to have everyone here, and hopefully we'll have lots of good books to talk about. How are you this week, Nolan? I hope you're feeling better. Well, we're waiting for him to unmute here. Wait a minute. Maybe he's now unmuted. Let's see here. Well, that should have fixed it. There you go. There you are. I am not better, but I'm passable at least. Uh, this has been going on since uh, late December, and we can't figure it out. So it just continues, but that's all right. Um, otherwise, I'm okay. It's been a good week, and... Uh, I don't know, not as great as I would have liked in terms of reading, but uh, some weeks are like that. You just, you just go through some slumps where you read stuff that's like, boy, I was looking forward to that, and wow, did that disappoint me. <laughs> Life gets in the way. I had a couple of weeks, a couple of yeah. days, several days like that this week. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, or do you have a whole list of books and you can't decide which one of them you really want to read? Yeah, I rarely, I rarely do that, but I don't know if. If they if they investigated my mind, they would find a it would be a bizarre. You guys know the two of you know this as well as anybody alive, having dealt with me for so many years. But I don't have a problem with what do I read because I have it sort of regimented. So in other words, I keep things according to years. And well, okay, this is 2010's uh, turn to pick a book in 2010, and okay, now it's time for 2011, and so on. And everybody else is on the call listening, think, oh, my gosh, how regimented and structured and horrible would that be? I, I've lost all the spontaneity of just reading a book. And I respect that. But for me, that works. I don't know why. Um, my problem is starting something that I downloaded thinking it was really going to be great and really fun. And then it turns out to be a, a disaster. But uh, that happens. <laughs> that happens to me when I go back and look at my wish list every once in a while. Yes. I've, I've cleaned out some things. I thought, why did I think that? Yes. Good? Isn't that true? We change so much over time, don't we? It and seems like it. And I don't yeah. know if it's because you get exposed to better authors or why, but it's yeah, like, I don't know the answer, but we do change and things just, I don't know. We, when I first started DB review, <clears throat> excuse me, Westerns and romances were the main um, currency in which I traded, so to speak. That's the stuff I read most of. And today you can't find either one of those in my um, several thousand book <laughs> hard drive. I just over the years changed and stopped reading those, stopped enjoying. The, the only exception is Christmas time in which well, I'm, I'm certainly just a, a big fan of any Christmas romance or almost any Um but by and large, I, I've kind of stepped away from those entirely. And it's um, I need to start doing more of that, though, for the purpose of this podcast. When I look at what I bring to this podcast, it's a lot of mystery stuff that and I get we're not a mystery podcast. So um, you, you guys I'm are, guilty of that, too, though. Oh, I get it. <laughs> it's we, a lot we of both what have I mean. a lot of the same taste. <laughs> and I, I love that part of it. It's great because. You and I can just sort of affirm one another. <laughs> and the rest of the audience is like, oh, please, please, can we have something that isn't a murder? Please, please. So, so this is going to be good for me because it really will force me to say, all right, you have X number of those this week. You need to think about Tuesday night and 
bring something different to the table that's not going to just bore these poor listeners to tears and so on. So I'm looking, I I do enjoy this opportunity. I know I've said it a lot, but I really appreciate the, the privilege of being part of it. And And one of the reasons is that it does force me to stretch and to download something I might not otherwise have downloaded, pardon me, um, just because I know I need to talk about something other than mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what do you what do you want to talk about first tonight? All right, so let me do that. Let me talk about something other than mysteries. Just this once. Um, I initially talked about this on my book list back on Watergate Day, June seventeenth. Been a while since we talked about it there, so most people have forgotten I did. Um, I'm referring to Just Mercy: The Story of Justice and Redemption by Brian Stevenson. He is, as you know, the professor who has done a lot of work with. DNA and other things that have found helps numerous innocent people who were on death row achieve freedom. The order number, if you want to read this, and you really should if you haven't, I know it's been out a lot of years, and so most people probably have read it. The order number is DB80035. Brian is spelled with a Y, incidentally. <laughs> Pardon me. So it's Brian Stevenson. That's conventionally spelled with a V and an S O N. S-T-E-V-N, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N, sorry. But Brian is is spelled with a Y. Um, and again, it's DB80035. Um, this is a great book. I, It's the story of the creation of a, a group called the Equal Justice Initiative, which is what he started. And it provides defense attorneys at little or no cost to those on death row who can't afford one. The author particularly focuses on uh, Walter McMillian. I don't know how the guy really pronounced his name. He was a death row inmate whom the court convicted of murder, um, um, despite massive amounts of evidence that would have proven him innocent uh, for a variety of reasons. None of that evidence got paid attention to. Bad grammar there, sorry. Um, that's the part that fascinated me most is this guy's story and his eventual freedom. The author looks at changing laws that send teenagers into adult populations, prison populations. The stories are pretty harrowing and are worth reading. It didn't ultimately change my perspective on things, which I won't go into here because that's not part of the book. Um, odds are high if you have a fairly, uh, if you have a fairly uh, um, clear opinion of whether you approve or don't approve of capital punishment, this book isn't necessarily going to change that necessarily. But it did make me think, it did make me think about how little we're really doing to rehabilitate those who really could benefit from it. Um, we all have opinions about capital punishment, and I don't want to go into those here, but uh, this is just one professor's perspective, and it's a fascinating one. And regardless of your perspective on that, it's worth your time. It's highly readable. And uh, once again, it's called Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption. And the order number, can, if you can download from the National Library Service, is DB80035. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm really struggling with my voice these days. DB80035. Again, the author is Brian with a Y, Stevenson. <clears throat> and that sounds like a good book, too. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's great nonfiction. If you're in, the, in a mood for some good nonfiction, this will do it. Well, I guess I'm stuck on my mysteries, but this is a good mystery. There, it's a good series because there's lots of character development in it. The the first book is called Desert Heat, and it's by 
Well, we used to call her J.A. Jantz, but now she's listed as Judith A. Yeah. Jantz. Yeah. And this is the first book in the Joanna Brady series. And in this one, Joanna, with her young daughter, her husband doesn't show up one night, and they, they find him dead in his car. And he is a candidate. He was a candidate for sheriff of Cochise County, Arizona. And they find him in his car in the desert and the the officers want to write it off as suicide. And she says, no, I don't believe my husband would have committed suicide. So Joanna tries to find out what really happened. And it's, this is a real, I, this whole series, everything that I've read of this series has been very good. It, it shows you how they go through the grieving process and it shows you her, you know, the little girl and and the characters just build and build throughout the series. And it's uh, this one is Desert Heat. And it's if you want the Braille version, it's BRC 00696. And I cannot find the the audio version is a compilation yeah. of Desert Heat. Oh, shoot, don't shoot. And there's another one. Oh, Tombstone Courage, I think. Mm -hmm. So this is the DB number that would give you all three of them. And it's DB81543. I have to endorse what you said about that series. Brady, or, uh, sorry, Brady. Jance is an outstanding author. Just fantastic. She has several series out there, all of which appear to be on Bard. She has um, one about a Seattle police detective named uh, Beaumont. Yeah, JP. JP. Oh, you're so brilliant. Thank you. Uh, those are good, too. And they're outstanding, but I really agree with you on the Joanna Brady stuff that you cannot find. They're just really top-flight mysteries. The characters are level-headed, and they don't do weird stuff in the middle of the series and... and uh, flake out uh, it's just an outstanding series it's really well worth your time and uh, yeah i agree with you that's a, an outstanding one i've read it twice so yeah it's a great series good for you i mean uh, uh, you know as advantage of getting a little older you don't remember it as well the first time <laughs> so you go back so and do it again it's so true <laughs> you know so um oh dear and if we uh, have any comments on any thing that we've talked about so far, Alt Y, raise your hand, and maybe we'll remember to answer you. And, and here comes uh, Mary. Uh, there, Mary, you should be able to unmute now. But Bill, thanks for telling me all the stuff that I have to look forward to about getting older. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, yeah. I can hear you. Doing well. Okay, this is Mary. I want to tell you about a book I read this weekend. I was not planning to read it, and this just literally showed up on Bard this last Friday. I guess it was. I wasn't expecting this or anything, and I I am interested in this subject, but I don't deliberately. Uh, read it but i like it when i find it because it fascinates me it's called after it's by bruce grayson md i don't have the number but it, the last name is spelled t-r-e-s-i-s-o-n and it's called after and it's about a doctor who by accident stumbles onto one of his patients had a near-death experience and it got him um interested he was raised by a scientist father he was not brought up with any particular religious conviction and i'll just tell you the way he got into it he, he was a psychiatrist and he was doing a stint in the emergency room as an intern when a girl was brought in who had, who had od 
on something and he went to see her that night she was unconscious and so he talked to her roommate in another room and because it was hot he had his coat off and when he was called in uh he had just been eating dinner and he by accident spilled tomato sauce on his tie well the next day he was talking to the girl who had overdosed and she goes um you talked to my roommate last night you were in another room and i saw you and you had some red stuff on your tie wow and so that got him interested in he didn't do it right away but it was something in the back of his mind you know he's thinking it's crazy you know but eventually he started looking into it more with some other people and it was just fascinating the stories that he told and everything and he didn't approach it from a, a religious point of view he just recorded hmm. what he found out by talking to the people and creating questionnaires and all sorts of things and he says as a scientist he does believe in after all he's gone through researching this for the past i don't know how many years i forget that he does believe in near-death experiences and the one thing he said that really fascinated me it reminded me of taking some science classes when i was at byu mm -hmm. they just said there's a lot of things we don't know yep and so that is that book and Nolan, I don't know if I should say this, but last week I really appreciated your book review on the Book of Mormon, and I wished I had written it. All right. I'm <laughs> so glad you. you were good with that. Yeah, I was. Well, I would have been okay with it anyway, but <laughs> uh, I read that about twice a year myself. Once yeah, in audio, yeah. once in Braille each right. year. So exactly. I get anyway, it. well, thank you for that, too. And as I yep. say, I, you wrote it so well, but I wished I had done it. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I'm glad somebody did. It was it, it's been up there since 2018 so it i know i saw it up there but i don't i didn't read the, the, i was terrified at first to do it i thought you're going to blow up your list you're going to have people leave in anger if you do this and then i just said you know what it's been a glorious 15 and a half years if it blows up and dies this was a good reason for that to happen well and I, I, guess I punched it out I there did. I, I didn't want to blow up the list either but it looked <laughs> like it went all right i noticed it was per, yeah they, we just we need to get over some of that fear. It's so scary. It's so sad. Yeah, but I, yeah. I didn't know if I should say it here, but I know it's fine. I'm, I'm glad you did. And but thank, thank you. you. And also, I'll have another book that I'm reading right now that I want to talk about. If I'm able, oh, I do some that. volunteer work and I only can come in live if I get home at time. So. All right. Well, we're glad um, to have you whenever you can be here. Thank right. You. Well, thank you. Yep. Take care. Okay, Sherry is next. So Sherry, go ahead and unmute. And then Gregory, you'll be up after her. <laughs> Okay, I did send her the ask to unmute, so she should be able to do that. All right, am I unmuted? There she is. Yeah, yep, she you're is. good. Okay, so um, I just wanted to add some about Joanna Brady series. I've been reading it a long time, and I love it. She's my favorite female cop detective of that whole group, law enforcement women. She is a woman. She's not trying to be like a man. But she's not kind of ditzy and doing stupid or illegal things like Hannah Swinson does. Yes, yes. Um, she has her her family, her her people who work under her when she becomes sheriff. She really also the descriptions of the land. You know, it's this remote area of Arizona. It's desolate in many ways and a place I probably wouldn't want to live. But it's beautiful as you read about it and the different people. The the whites, the Hispanics, the blacks, the just how they all come together in this universe. I really like this series. I've never gotten tired of it. It's she's a very strong character and believable. You feel like you could find Cochise County and go to the sheriff's office and Joanna would be there. 
Good old Bisbee, and her Arizona. Mary Anna, I always <laughs> like her too. Yeah. Yeah, her friend Mariana and her daughter and her uh, couple of couple of detectives, Jaime, and uh, what's the other guy? I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, I like them all a lot. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Okay. Gregory, Gregory, you're next. And when I say who's up after this person, that means I'm sending you the unmute uh, thing. So if you want to <laughs> unmute just to make sure you're ready, you can do that. So Gregory, you're up. And then Kathy, you'll be up after Gregory. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, today, I want to give you the chance. Number one, Nolan, I think in order to get rid of that health thing that you're I dealing with right now, I recommend you go to the state fair tomorrow. Okay. And a trip from 17th Avenue down to 11th on one side, back up to 17th on the other side, eating everything that comes into your mm. hot little hand. <laughs> that will kill me, and that that's will good. kill you. Yep. But that'll yep. be, you know, but that's you'll a good be better. way to go. Yeah, yep. <laughs> a great way to go. Well, yeah, it, it well, might break. It might break you too, Nolan. It well, could do that. But <laughs> well, what a way to go. Yep. Um, <laughs> I have a book to talk about, which. Uh, I recommend that everybody haul out the sunflower seeds. Uh, if you've always wanted to spit those like baseball players do, I, I don't recommend chewing uh, for lots of reasons. But anyway, sunflower seeds are cool. Um, this book that I'm going to talk about is called, is by uh, Peter Golenbach. It's G-O-L-E-N-B-O-C-K, Peter. It's called Bums, uh, an oral history of the Brooklyn Dodgers. And this time of year, if you're a baseball fan, I grew up and uh, started school in the late 50s. And my I went to my first Cleveland Indians game in 1959 up at the old stadium. And um, I've always been a baseball fan. We grew up with baseball in my neighborhood, played wiffle ball. And uh, uh, I mean, we knew about the NFL and all that, but it, it wasn't it wasn't what we did. And um, uh, my brother played Little League and all that. So this book, is exactly what it says. It's an oral history of the Brooklyn Dodgers from their beginnings to when they moved away from Brooklyn uh, out to the land of California uh, and uh, to Los Angeles. And and uh, if you're related to Walter O'Malley, uh, you won't want to read the book because they, they really take him to task that Brooklynites will never forgive him for taking their beloved team away from Brooklyn. And it's it's written... Uh, with all these little vignettes of everybody from the Brooklyn Dodgers themselves, uh, of course, Jackie Robinson, uh, uh, of course, Ralph Branca, who who fired the famous pitch that Bobby Thompson hit over the wall for a home run, the, the shot that was heard around the world in 1951. Uh, everybody from all the Pee Wee Reese, uh, uh, if you're a baseball fan, and, and my my first baseball experience was Bob Considine. I don't know, if, uh, uh, depends on who we've got on here. If you remember on the line with Considine, uh, his radio program, he wrote the story of my life. It was Babe Ruth's story and that introduced me to the era of Babe Ruth which was from 1914 to 1935 and so a lot of these names in this book were just like old, old friends to, uh, to me right and uh it, it and it, it's not a book you'd want to leave around on the coffee table for your grandchildren to, to uh, read in Sunday school maybe but but it's <laughs> it's it's got a lot of uh, more than a little bit of, of uh Bob Considine used to refer to it as barbed wire language and <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. But it is just like you're sitting on your back patio with a beer in your hand or whatever cold drink you favor mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of hot dogs and some brats and things and, 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 and listen to uh, to uh, Vin Scully uh, sure. or, uh, you know, on, on the radio and mm -hmm. 
it, it is just it was 19 hours and 41 minutes long but you don't care because it, it really it was so entertaining and makes you laugh out loud in so many ways because it's and it's all about the Brooklyn and the Brooklynites that lived uh, playing stickball on the streets and and uh, kids going to the ballpark with their dads, uh, you know, skipping school maybe or or whatever and uh, <laughs> abusing the the other team or or uh, just 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 a lovely 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 summertime baseball read and that's uh, great. That's uh, I, I really I don't have the uh, the uh, DB number up here, but uh, uh, it's it, it was well worth my I, my time reading. And I think okay. all you guys that enjoy sports uh, uh, books would, would really enjoy that because it's you know baseball is easy for a, a blind person to identify with, and mm-hmm. and it's well written uh, and it's, and it's just just enjoyable to the max. So that's Fantastic. that's my take on that. Well, thank you. I appreciate. Oh, that, that sounds good. Kathy really is is next. Are you there? Are you there? Well, I'm trying to get on mute. There you go. There you, you go. Did you are you did it. Muted. You made it. Okay. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, this is Kathy Long, and I have really <laughs> been enjoying Alan Eskins, A L L E N E S K E N S, and he wrote several. There's several books up there, and after I read the first one, I went up and downloaded all of them. That's an outstanding author. Yeah. Yes, and I'm on right now. I was tempted to skip this call because I'm on the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I wanted to. I wanted to see that. That's talk. forgivable. Anytime you are in the middle of a really great book, it's hard to put down. I, yeah, we're glad you're uh, here, what, but what, Forsaken Country is what I'm reading, and they're mm-hmm. just it's oh, it's such a good book. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I only have that one. And one more to read because kind of read them out of order, but I can understand when I, when I did it, it all makes sense when I get the book that I was supposed to read before the book I was reading. Sure. Anyway, it's really good and enjoy this gentleman. He's amazing. He's a good author. He absolutely is. And a lot of, for me this week. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's you're right. That's a good series. Thank you. All right. And now we're going to go to Don. So Don, go ahead and unmute. Okay, I have a book that I think a lot of you will enjoy called The Second Ending. It's by Michelle Hoffman. It was very recently published, so it's not up on Bard yet. I would hope that they would get it, but I don't know that they are. I read it on Bookshare, and I read it in Braille. Um, This is a book about two people. It starts out, you meet... um, Why am I blocking her name? I can't think of her name in my head, the woman. But anyway, you meet a woman. She's in her. She's just turned 50. She's dropping her daughter off at college. And she's having a really hard time with the idea that she's dropping her daughter off at college. And what's there left for her to do? And she, growing up, was a piano prodigy. She performed at like five or six years old. She performed in the White House. She went all over the world to perform. She was very well known. And then we find out very early in the book that when she was a teenager going into young adult years, she became kind of fed up with that whole lifestyle. And she realized that she had really been exploited and taken advantage of. So she spends, she, she earns a lot of money writing jingles. But she really is wondering now at 50 years old, you know, having the midlife crisis and wondering, she's got a good marriage, but wondering like, what am I, what am, What did I really do? Did I really make good decisions? Did I waste my talent? 
Then we meet a young man he's 20, in his 20s, Alexi, who um, has really been pushed by his family to become a great pianist. His talent is, is not natural talent, but they push and push and push and push. And he's a classical pianist, but he is hosting a reality TV show, sort of like The Voice or, um, you know, one of these competition shows. And both Prudence, that's the woman's name. And I should know because all the chapters have uh, names and the last chapter, a music name, music uh, song title. And the last chapter is Dear Prudence. So that ought to have helped me to remember her name early. But anyway, Prudence and Alexi, for different reasons that you learn about, they both really, 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 really need to get money and they really need it in a hurry. And they discover that suddenly. And the story is that they both compete against one another. And I won't give you anything more than that, but it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book. It is the characters. There's a lot of characters that the story is told from the perspective of a lot of different characters. It's about the two of them, but you meet a lot of very quirky people. And I had an opportunity, I read it for the Reader's Digest Book Club, and they asked for questions to submit to the author. And the question that I put forth was, um, and, and they haven't had the event yet, but the question that I put forth was that the characters were, were quirky, and because they were so well-written, you went along for the ride. And what I wanted to know from the author was how difficult was it to strike that balance? Because if she had gone a little bit far in, in the other direction, if she had not portrayed it exactly the way she did, I would have been like, this is unrealistic. These are, But this was quirky. Like, would, would I meet these folks? Probably not. But it was believable. It was a funny, laugh-out-loud funny book in many moments. It was, though, at, at Book's End, it was really quite... Uh, it was it was it made you really think about a lot of different things about your priority without beating you overhead without being preachy it was just a fun book but it had more than that so i would really recommend it the second ending and as i say her name is michelle hoffman i think it's her first book thank you that sounds like an excellent one that i uh, wouldn't necessarily stumble into so that's that's a good not good thing to know about connie is next so connie if you want to go ahead and unmute she should be able to hit it whenever. Yeah, we had a little issue with her yesterday. There. there she is. There you are. Um, I just started new, um a new book last night. It's called "My Body Is Not Is Not a Prayer Request," and it's um just in its disability justice in the church, and it's by Kenny Amy Kenny A M Y K E N N Y. And its number is DB110776. And you've just started it or you're done or how far? How far I just along? started it. I'm, I'm only at 3%. So Okay. Well, let us know it, in the future weeks how, how you feel about that. That's It talks about uh, a disabled person that um, is fighting for equality in the church mm -hmm. as far as treating people with disabled disabilities equally yeah so yeah that's that's uh that's a that's an interesting fight and a an interesting long hard slog <laughs> by the way Nolan, uh -huh. 
I'll have you know that main, that mainly all the books that I, that are in my wish list came from DB Review. That's good news. That means we need to stay in business. Uh, and I'm serious about that. As long as we know that people are saying, well, yeah, I'd like to read that. That's uh, that's important. So thank you for that information. Of course, that was a long time ago when I was still a member of it. I need to join it again or something. Or... <laughs> We'd love to have you come back anytime you want. That's... Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and if she wants to join it, Nolan, she would do that how? You can send a blank email to DB as in digital book. So it's DB hyphen review plus sign subscribe. DB hyphen review plus subscribe at groups.io. And all, it just needs to be a blank email. You don't have to put a subject line in there if you don't want to. And then uh, Don or I will see it and we'll take care of the, the remaining step that needs to be done. There's no cost. It just It's just out there. Um, and uh, it's it's still a decent list. Of the, the signal to noise ratio is really extremely low. So okay, that's good. The nice thing about it is that people write such good reviews that it makes you consider authors that you might not have read before that is true yeah because sometimes when you look at the annotation in bard i know they try and i'm not picking on bard because they do a fantabulous job right and i could never do their job but right. sometimes the annotation does not really tell you exactly what the book's about and there hmm. have been books that i would not have read based on the annotation but i read somebody's review of it and oh yeah that sounds a lot better i would love that yeah mm -hmm. i've had that experience as well um there's one particularly particular mystery reviewer out there and i don't know her last name it's debbie something or other and she just her mystery reviews stop me in my tracks every time <laughs> well you better add that one i really shouldn't because i've got a million and six already and um just makes me smile when i see those because it's like oh no i love the one i don't know who it is that writes and she says it was a really good book. You should read it. Okay, why? <laughs> why? Yeah, some of them are pretty fun that way. Well, okay. Um, yeah. Any other hands raised? We are caught up. All right. How about we... Not well, we were hands. caught up. So yep, uh, I'll take that one. Let me... Uh, well, oh. now we have two. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's even better. We will... Don is now, and then Jerry, you will be up after Don. Okay, uh, sorry about that. Uh, I think I, I interrupted Don one there, and I apologize fine. for that because he, uh, he does really well at uh, analyzing books and so forth. I like listening to him. Uh, this is Don and Sandy out of uh, uh, Hollywood, California here, and uh, we have a book here uh, called Reminders of Him. This is a, uh, a book club selection for the Braille Institute here that we've been reading. Really good. And uh, the narrator is Jill Fox about an hour and uh, 18 minutes like this. Anyway, uh, mostly what they read uh, in that particular uh, book club are mysteries, although they stray from that a bit. <laughs> They've certainly done it this year a couple times, I'll tell you. Uh, this one is kind of a... Uh, uh, well, Sandy could probably tell you a little bit better more better about it because there's a kitty in it. <laughs> yeah, kitty. <laughs> she likes kitties. Well, anyway, it's kind of a, a book about uh, redemption, I guess you might say. Uh, this lady is um kenna is that what her name is anyway yeah yeah, yeah the, the uh the uh, main characters are kenna and ledger and uh, the titles of the uh their respective uh chapters are either kenna or ledger uh, that's okay. very original 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, what happens is that Kenna, I think that's her name here. She, uh, uh, she's been in jail for like five years, I guess, under a, a manslaughter conviction because she and her husband were, or her uh, soon-to-be husband, were out driving one night and they got into a, a car accident and uh, she thought he was dead. So she, uh, she, they were the only ones there. And so she, in a panic, she didn't know what else to do. I guess she maybe had a few too many. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, she got up and, and ran away, went home, and went to bed in you know, sort of a mental malaise, I guess it is. Anyways, so in the meantime, uh, her uh, future husband-to-be, uh, he came to and tried to crawl out. He, gr- he crawled out of the car, but he didn't get very far before he expired. Wow. And anyway, so they found Kenna the next morning in her flat or her apartment or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, they charged her with manslaughter, so he was in jail for some years well she found out that she was uh pregnant and uh, during uh not long after she was incarcerated of course she uh, had the child and the the child was taken from her and given to uh, her prospective husband his name was scott uh anyway uh, they uh her parents got her and uh were raising her and uh this fellow ledger was a good friend of scott well anyway so that long explanation done uh, basically, the book is, is basically how Tenna, who, when she does get out of, of uh, jail, goes to the town, I guess, near Denver, and uh, she goes there with the intent of maybe not getting her daughter back, but at least seeing her daughter because she uh, did not, you know, when they when she was born, the daughter, the daughter was taken away from her immediately. And so she never had a chance really to see the baby or, or do any of that. And so the story is basically is how she... Uh, I guess is redeemed. Uh, she eventually gets married to this guy Ledger, who's a friend of Scott, and she eventually does get her daughter back. Wow. I, it's like giving away the story here. But wow. <laughs> anyway, what? it's not the kind of thing I would read normally. Uh, really but, uh, yeah, Sandy might have a few comments about that. But yeah, yeah. She had a, she had a kitty named Ivy. <laughs> a little kitty. She's the 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 landlady of her building gave her to Kenneth. So if you want a uh, feel good read here, this is a good one. Uh, it's a good book. Yeah. Book is written by Col- uh, Colleen Hoover. Sorry, I oh, gave yeah. away the ending. That no, that's was dumb right. of me. No, that's all right. No problem. <laughs> anyway, read by Jill Fox. It's about uh, ten hours and eighteen minutes. Okay. And what's what's the name of it? I'm Re- sorry. Uh, reminders of him. Uh, the DV number is one zero six six two two. Very cool. Thank you for that. That's good information. Oh, yeah. Again, I do apologize to Don one. That's all right. No harm done. I'm sure he's okay. okay. Thanks. Let's bring on uh, Sherry. She's next. Okay. All right. I wanted to talk real quickly about a couple nonfiction books. I know that. Nolan, you asked a couple of weeks ago, you commented you wish people would review more nonfiction. I, I do think that, yeah. And I do read a lot of nonfiction, but I don't review it a lot. So I thought I'd just mention a couple I read recently. Great. And one I'm still debating whether to review it on DB Review because it might be a little controversial. It's called Triumph of Justice by Daniel Petricelli. And it's about this civil trial against O.J. Simpson in oh, 1998. Yeah. Not the... Not the the legal, not the homicide trial, but right. the civil trial. Right. It was an incredible book. I love legal battle type yes. courtroom books. Yes. And this was, I was just 
and I knew, I remember how that turned out. I remember the verdict, but the process of how he got involved and then, you know, the whole courtroom stuff, it was fascinating. I was practically on the edge of my seat sometimes. That's wonderful. It was a very, very good book. Fantastic. It's long at 26 hours, but you don't feel like you're reading a 26 hour book. That's nice. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I did mention this on DB Review, but I just wanted to mention it again with As You Wish. Um, and it's about the making of the movie, The Princess Bride, which my sister and another friend introduced me to last year. And I'm like, why didn't I not fall in love with this 30 years ago? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. And the Bard version is great, read by Bill Curtis. You can tell he knows the movie by the way he reads the famous lines that everybody quotes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also got the version from Audible, read by Carrie Elwes, who played Wesley, a.k.a. Uh, the Man in Black, a.k.a. Uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. Right, right. And there's little sidebars at the end of each chapter, and it's they're read by people who I think to do with the movie, Rob Reiner, Billy Crystal. Very cool. Uh, it was so fun to read. If you just want a fun book, if you like The Princess Bride, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be my favorite nonfiction book of this year. That's great. It was really fun to read. If you like The Princess Bride, give it a try. The okay. Bill Curtis reading on Bard is fantastic, but if you want to get the Audible version, that's really fantastic too. Excellent. I laughed out loud many times. Very cool. Thank you for that. Now we're caught up. All right. Well, folks, what do you say we take a phenomenal left turn here? Uh, I don't mean left politically. I just mean some kind of turn that you're not expecting. Um, I reviewed this on my list several weeks ago, but most of us have forgotten about it, and it doesn't hurt to be reminded. If in your life somewhere is a what I'm calling a middle-grade child, this is somebody who is, I would say, age 7 to 11, And whether that's a grandchild, a niece, nephew, something, whatever, um, sometimes those books are not always easy to find because they don't get a lot of mention on Bard or people don't read them very much. And therefore, you aren't sure whether your grandchild would want this sort of thing or not. So I I tend to read them occasionally just to kind of keep in touch. I have um, two grandchildren currently who would fit this particular age frame at this point in life. This is called The Beast and the Bethany, and it is absolutely delightful. The Beast and the Bethany, the author is Jack Meggett-Phillips. He spells that name, Jack is conventionally spelled M-E-G-G-I-T-T hyphen Phillips with two L's. The order number, if you're eligible to download stuff from the National Library Service, is DB102920. Pardon me. Once again, DB102920. And it's just the funnest little middle grade, coming of age, lessons learned kind of book. So here's the quick setup. Um, I smiled my way through this. I have to tell you that first of all. Um, Ebenezer Tweezer is 511 years old when you and I meet him in the book. And he is living in a 15 story house. And at the top of the house, lives a despicable beast, an ugly, disgusting-looking beast that spews out presents for Ebenezer Tweezer after he, Ebenezer, provides the beast with things to eat. And the beast has some pretty unusual requests. Um, he wants a he wants a uh, parrot, for example, so the, the poor Ebenezer has to go to a pet store and buy an exotic parrot. 
he gives the old man a forever youth potion that keeps him young. And so that's why he can be 511 years old and still look young. Um, the bee smells like boiled cabbage and it decides it wants to eat a human being. And so poor old Ebenezer's got a real problem. He's under a deadline. If you don't provide me with a human, you're going to start to age extremely rapidly. And nobody knows what a 511-year-old human is going to look like when it reaches that, that number, if it even can. So he scouts out an orphanage. He picks out the most disagreeable kid in the place, most ill-behaved little girl he can find. The staff dislike her. The other kids don't care for her at all. He's mean to them. He says, oh, I want to adopt this child. Absolutely. And of course, nobody knows that he's bringing it home to the beast. Uh, he starts to get arthritic because the beast is uh, holding him to his deadline and he's having real trouble. If the beast doesn't eat the little girl, then Ebenezer doesn't get his potion. But the two of them are changing as they jangle through life together. She is just as horrible to Ebenezer as you think she's going to be. She pours stuff on the floor. She's just a nasty, badly dispositioned little girl. And yet there's something about her that as she changes and he changes, they develop a, a kind of unconditional love. There's a decency that overpowers both of them. The solution is really fun. It's very clever. Um, interestingly enough, the person who, the nasty woman who operates the orphanage gets devoured by the beast, which is kind of fun. Well, I won't go into it any farther other than to tell you that it even for me, it was just a fun, quick middle grade read. If you have a grandchild, I've had sighted people tell me the illustrations are quite, quite uh, arresting, quite good. And uh, so that's The Beast and the Bethany by Jack Meggett Phillips, um, DB102920. And we do have a caller from, um, <laughs> looks like the Missouri 816 area code. So go ahead and unmute. I'm here. You there? Yep, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, this is Joe from Kansas City, Missouri, and I've, uh, I've been listening to this podcast since its inception. Oh, we're glad right to have now. you. I have a mammoth uh, wish list, and you're not helping me. <laughs> 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 I want, but I, I hate to change course in the middle of the stream, but I have to bring this up. Um, two weeks ago, I was going to bring it up last week, but I didn't want to interrupt the, the flow of the conversation with, uh, with the author. But two weeks ago, at the very end of the uh, podcast of the show, mm -hmm. Nolan, you or Jenny mentioned someone that you had, had put a review of a long time ago uh, about a book called, I think it was called I Invited Her In. That's correct. I cannot, I That's cannot correct. find it anywhere. Uh oh. Well, let me quickly. <laughs> I, I looked on Bard and I went through like 600 and some episode, uh, results, and I said, well, either I either got it wrong or else uh, I'm not doing something right. <laughs> no, don't. Sorry. That's my Microsoft Edge starting up. That's okay. And another thing, Jenny, I wanted to, to commend you uh, a while back. Again, you mentioned a, a series, a trilogy. Uh, the first book was Winter in Paradise. Oh, yes. And I wrote that. I put that in my Victor. And come to find out, I had read that a long time ago, but did not know there was two more books afterwards. So I read the whole thing again. Oh, well, I like that series. That was fun. You're that right. That's me. not on Bard anymore, if it ever was. Ah. Okay. This is not oh, your well. your skill in lacking. This is reality. No, I have a lacking skill. <laughs> no, 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 no. Huh? no uh -uh. It's we all not, probably have it's, that. It's on Bookshare. It's if you have Bookshare, there. it's on Bookshare because I read it from Bookshare. Yeah, it's okay. on Bookshare. Okay, I'll check that out then. And yeah. Audible, too. And it may be on Audible. Now, I, who's the author, though? I don't remember. The oh, I can't remember her name. Hang on. It's not Lucy. I want to say it's Tori something or other, but that doesn't make sense. 
It's not Lucy Foley. I called my library and they could find this. (laughs) (laughs) You know that's bad when we recommend something your library. Or I know Audible has it too. Yeah, I'll check that out. Let me. um, I can't remember the author's name, but that was a good book. That author's name is Adele Parks, A D E L E Parks, P A R K S. And that book is creepy. It is creepy. (laughs) It will. Oh, it's creepy. You'll be sleeping with the lights on, even if you're totally blind and you never used a light you, in your life. If you ever let somebody come and stay in your house, you'll Ooh. think twice about it. Oh. I read something that was kind of like that, uh, called The Housekeeper by Joy Fielding. Ooh, creepy. And it was this, this father, I don't know, the daughter uh, hired this woman to come in and take care of her father and mother, and the mother was ailing, and the father, uh, well... She kind of took over the plate and took him over, and it was it was interesting. Wow! I think, I think it was by Joy Field. That's well, creepy. This, yeah. this I invited her in though. This they're kind of a poor family, and the her friend isn't was a oh, a news anchor, and she loses her job, and she gets a divorce, and she decides she wants to leave the town she's from, and she comes and stays with this friend of hers, and they were college friends, and it just goes. From there, no one did such a good review of it, Ooh. but it's just uh, creepy. I mean, the things she does, she takes over their life. That sounds familiar. I may have read that years ago. I don't know. I wrote the many. I can't keep them all straight. It's hi, Jenny. I'm Joe Smaller Half. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say hi to you. Uh, hi. <laughs> I keep up the work, guys. Well, thank you. I, Thanks I, for being I love with the us. Program. And, thank you. Uh, I read about five or six books a week, depending on how long they are. So uh, I have one, two, three, Fitz of Dreams I have books on. I have a mammoth play, uh, play it's right. <laughs> I uh, wish to listen. I keep adding to it. It makes it all worthwhile when you think that way. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys take care and God <laughs> bless. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Jenny, how much time we got here? Let's see. We got about five, six minutes. So have you got something, or are you going to yield to Nolan? I've got, well, I can do something real quick. Okay. You know me, I don't say much. Um, Another, I, this is kind of a mystery too, but it was creepy. It's called um, Best Friends Forever, and it's by uh, Margot Hunt. Ooh, yeah, I've read that. Ooh. Uh, Alice Campbell and Cat Grant meet for the first time in an airport. And she, Alice is a suburban housewife. Cat is kind of well-to-do and they, they meet between flights and they hit it off. And then they slowly become friends. They find out they live in the same city and they become friends and, and they make a pledge to each other that they'll probably be best friends forever. Well, throughout, as time goes on, Cat begins to tell Alice about her husband and how mean he is to her and this and that and they Alice attends a cocktail party one evening at Kat's house and her husband falls over the balcony he was drunk and he falls over the balcony so the next the next day the police are coming to talk to Alice and she tries and tries to contact Cat and Cat won't have anything to do with her. Oh dear. <laughs> and so and, and the police wanna wanna ask her questions about about what happened to Cat's husband. And it was very good. Because they well, I can't tell you how it ends up or I'll spoil it, but it's yeah. and it's good. 
it, but it was creepy because mm-hmm. you don't know it makes you, you know it makes you think what will you do for your best friend Oof. <laughs> i remember that from bard and the narrator I did a nice job of it as i recall oh, no. and it yeah. is uh db88983 yeah yeah good stuff Oh, it was creepy. I'll yeah. try to do better next time and find some true things. <laughs> well, me too. I, I've got to get off this total mystery bang. And I've, I've been, I, and like, that's why this podcast is going to help me with that, I think. But um, I just enjoy the genre so much that it's oh, really and, hard to not. And there's so many good authors in it. That's correct. And yeah, like, like I'm reading, oh, I've been off and on when I'm not reading something else that I'm supposed to be reading um, the, what, what is his name now? Mike, Michael, what's his name, Bill McRyan? That series. Oh, yeah, McRyan. And it's by, yeah, and it's by uh, Roger Stelgis. Oh, interesting. I'm not familiar with that at all. Oh. It's a three-book series or four-book series. A cop series. But they, interesting. They're, they have some good characters in it, and there's a little humor in it sometimes. And Just a quick reminder to those who are here that in two weeks, our book buddy read for the month is andy weir's um uh, hail mary project hail mary hail mary by andy weir and i glad i came up with that i was trying to figure out today who sang uh, uh the streak and i kept trying to say it was ray bradbury and my head was saying no 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 he didn't sing but that we did figure out that it was steven so that was a good thing uh, i terrify myself sometimes when i have those those moments oh i do too Scares me to death. All right, uh, I'm showing 559. Is that yeah, close that's about it. And just a time to tell you to tune in the Coffee Club tomorrow. We'll be talking about a lot of announcements coming up on the legend, all these different changes. But it will not, not, not affect the book club in any way or the Coffee Club or all things radio. So stay that's tuned. Good. All right, take care. All, all. right. Bye-bye. Recording stopped. Oh. I can't